Did you catch any of that? Something about friendship? We really need a protocol droid. Presenting Docs Drassi, leader of the Trandoshan family, protectors of the city center and its business territories. That's weird. I used to work for him. It's even weirder for him. A thousand tidings to the new daimyo. It's an honor to be welcomed to Mos Espa by you, Docs Drassi. May you never leave, Morsespa. Welcome, everyone, from across the universe to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Star Wars is for everyone, so pull up a chair, get comfortable, and join the conversation with your hosts, Carl LeClaire and Jason Hunt, here in the Wampa's Lair. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This is episode number 450, Stranger in a Strange Land. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Max Rebo. To my figure in Dan, we've got Carl LeClaire. Oh, Jason, I just got so excited, I gotta check my, check my diaper. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you are older now, so that diaper might come in handy. Uh, <laughs> sad but true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I absolutely loved seeing those two in the premiere episode of Book of Boba Fett. Sorry, right off the right off the bat here, that's a spoiler. So uh, I'll just say it right now: if you haven't watched the first episode of Book of Boba Fett, turn this show off now because we're gonna we're gonna be talking spoilerific stuff about the episode. Um, so sorry, right from the get go, <laughs> if you haven't seen it and you turned that on and, uh, we just revealed that to you, but I feel like it's so small and it's been a week since the first episode came out. I'm not sure how the embargoes work. I know like Twitter has its rules. I think it's usually like 48 hours. You're not supposed to say anything. Um, so, but it's been a week and it's a star Wars but- podcast. If you're listening to this, you know, it's about book of Boba Fett. <laughs> so exactly. We should be by the time this episode goes out, the second episode of, uh, Book of Boba Fett will have been up online, so it's your fault if we spoiled it for you, right? Yes. Right. Yes. We're going to blame the listener this time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. cool. Just want to make sure we're on the great same page way, there. Great way to start the new year. <laughs> Ostracize your audience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to our first episode of the new year. Uh, 450th episode is, a, is, is, is just fun to, to ring in a new year with. Um, super excited to, to dive back into all things Star Wars in the, in the new year ahead. Um, and uh, yeah, Jason, this episode of Book of Boba Fett blew me away. Um, if, if you're a regular listener, you probably were aware of that because I had to, I had to do just an immediate reaction episode last week. I loved it so much. Um, I have so many things I want to talk about. Uh, I've now watched the episode nine times. Um, I really, really love it. Uh, I understand that not everyone did. I understand why some folks were lukewarm on it. Um, right. It's the first episode. Some people just didn't grab right away. I think that's totally fair. 
Uh, but for what actually I shouldn't say for whatever reason, I know now why it grabbed me. And we'll talk about that as we kind of dive into the episode. Um, but what I mean, how about you, Jason? I know your your level of of excitement doesn't doesn't quite uh, get up to where mine is. And again, like I understand, like I I I've yet to see somebody quite as excited. <laughs> um, so I, I, I don't mean to say that I'm I know that there are others that are. Um, but what did you think? You know, just your initial first impression. You watched that episode. You turned it off. What 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 did you think? Uh, well, I have seen it twice now. Um I, I enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was fun. Uh, I enjoyed the the backstory, you know, that we're getting filled in um, between Return of the Jedi and the, where Boba Fett shows up in the Mandalorian. So that was nice. Um, I'm still kind of I'm what I'm looking forward to is what the new challenge is because mm-hmm. we already, you know. And I think that's part of where my, and I won't say I'm lukewarm because I did enjoy the episode. There was a lot of stuff I enjoy, I liked about it. Um, there was some really cool action, some great scenes um, in this episode. But I think the reason why I'm not leaping out of my chair over this episode is because I just want to see like what the new challenge is. I know there is one. Mm-hmm. They've kind of alluded that there's going to be problems with the mayor and and stuff but i i'm just wanting to see that develop and see what all the players are where everyone's coming down on and how boba and fennec are going to have to deal with all of it so boba i think yeah. boba you did so heat um <laughs> master who Master Cypher Diaz. Was he not the Jedi Master who hired you for this job? Never heard of him. Really? I was recruited by a man named Tyrannus on one of the moons of Bogdan. Curious. Do you like your army? I look forward to seeing them in action. They'll do their job well. I'll guarantee that. Thank you for your time, Jenker. Always a pleasure to meet a Jedi. <laughs> Boom, Jason, right out the gate. Can we just talk about how friggin' cool it was to see Camino as the first thing in a flashback? Yes. Oh. First Bad Batch, now Book of Boba Fett, giving some Attack of the Clones love. Um, Jason, I'm going to spoil something right now for, for our listeners. In May, get ready. We are buckling down for a 20th anniversary all May love on Attack of the Clones. The entire month of May, nothing but Attack of the Clones episodes coming your way. So you got something to look forward to in five months. <laughs> Four months. Yeah. Man, I'm really bad at math. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, I, but, I just I love that these two new Star Wars projects really just so many of their, you know, uh, story elements are derived from things from Attack of the Clones, which I just think is so cool. I mean, the fact that we cared about Camino being destroyed, Topoca City to be precise, in in the you know from the finale of Bad Batch. The reason I think that pulled at all of our heartstrings is because of what it meant to us. Well, I guess more so in Clone Wars than Attack of the Clones specifically, but but it all came from Clone Wars. Um, yeah, it was it's awesome. all rooted there. Yeah, and, and I think this this is. This is vindication for me. I'm going to like <laughs> jump off on a side tangent for just a second here. Sorry, we'll get back to Book of Boba Fett in a minute, and I'll, I'll tie it back in. Um, but this is vindication for me because Attack of the Clones has been my favorite prequel forever. It is my second favorite Star Wars, uh, uh, 
after Return of the Jedi. And I've said it is chock full of story. It has mm. got so much in there. And we are finally seeing story threads being teased out of it in our media now. And that is what makes me so very happy and so very vindicated. And another, and to just hammer this point home, we got to see another unused shot from the arena. Yeah. Uh, where Boba goes in to pick up Jango's helmet. Yeah. You know, I, I imagine that is just unused footage from Attack of the Clone. So um, Daniel Logan has confirmed himself on social media that the the first shot of him running to the helmet and then the closing shot of him touching the helmet is all unused footage from their 2001 shoot in Sydney. Um, but the one shot over Boba's shoulder where you see his reflection in the helmet, that is new. That was not done by George. Um, but it, it kind of looked that way anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but uh, the re- yeah, that's all Daniel Logan and, and, and uh, some unused shots from Attack of the Clones, which is just awesome. He is credited, so yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, that was that was exciting to see. Um, so uh, it was nice to see that, and it's interesting that. Um, you mind if I just jump into uh, this, Carl? Let's do it. Uh, so, what I like and what I think is interesting about this is Boba is needing all of these, this time in the back to pod. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously part of it is just the, the, you know, deterioration your body takes when you spend time in a stomach, I guess. Um, <laughs> and the desert, but part of it is, you know, he is a clone. So it makes me wonder if there's some aspect of clone degeneration uh, that might mm. be taking place, um, even though he's supposed to be an unaltered clone. So I don't know if there's anything going on there, but it is an interesting thing. And especially now that he says the dreams are back and it's, you know, flashbacks to him as a kid, flashbacks to Camino. And then, of course, the flashbacks of what happened to get him to where he is at the beginning of this episode. So um, that was an interesting thing and something that I know they played with a little bit in Legends. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, so what did you think about that aspect of of Boba Fett? Is that he's he's hiding a vulnerability. Mm, yeah, no, I didn't think of it that way. And I love it. Um, I, so this is a general statement I would make about already what they've done with his character. And I would say it's not new here. This was introduced in a way in chapter, uh, 14, the tragedy of season two of Mandalorian. When we see him there, he's not a cold blooded killer anymore. And I know, cause I've seen these comments and they, I, I will say these are the only comments that drive me nuts is when people are like, that's not the Boba Fett I knew. It's like, you just want a cold blooded killer. Wow. What an exciting story. Not, <laughs> um, but obviously that's my opinion. I don't mean to belittle others, but I think, I think the fact that some folks seem so shocked that Boba's a bit of a different character here didn't understand what happened in that episode where he's in the Mandalorian. He could have easily killed the Mandalorian easily. He could have taken out Din with him and Fennec. It's very clear, in my opinion, that they are the more skilled fighters and warriors and two on one. But he does. I mean, he literally says in that episode, I actually rewatched that episode a couple nights ago because I was like, I want to have that story fresh. And he says to Din, why don't we all put our weapons down and talk this out? Like, 
that's that's not the Boba Fett we would have expected, right? Like, so he already got uh, a, a character change in Mandalorian, and now they're following up on it. So that's so cool how you point out that he does have this vulnerability that he's going to have to hide because the world he's going into, they'll eat you alive if you if you expose that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. It it, it is interesting because. Not only is he hiding this vulnerability, but he's also now putting himself kind of out there so that more people are going to be around and there's a higher chance that somebody's going to find out. Yeah. Um, so that's just an interesting thing that I, I expect to get picked up on. Um, I don't know exactly how, but I expect that to be uh, one of these points moving forward um, mm. that they're going to really play into for the rest of the season. Yeah. Which was only six episodes left. Uh, seven. seven. It's eight episodes. Yeah. It's going to be the same oh. as like Mandalorian. It'll have eight episodes. I thought it was seven. I thought I saw seven. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, I'm almost it, positive it's eight. Yeah. Cause it, it's going to follow the same schedule as Mandalorian. Um, well, if it, if it's eight, then great. I got one more than I thought I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just got a gift. Um, but, Merry uh, Christmas. yeah, <laughs> I, I love that we uh, opened obviously with Camino, but I also love that we right, right off the bat got him in the Sarlacc pit. Um, again, I think that was something we all, like you said, Jason, that's been, a, that's existed in legends for 30 plus years now that he survives, that he gets out, he kills the Sarlacc. Um, I mean, it's in the, the war of the bounty hunter trilogy by KW Jetter. Um, it's alluded to in the tales of the bounty hunter story about Boba Fett. Also all those books that came out from basically 96 to 98, that's where you kind of get a Boba Fett resurgence. Actually, I guess the first place that, um, this is where I need somebody like my buddy, Greg, that he's, who's always got his eye on Canon. Um, I'm pretty sure the first canonized story, well, before it became legends, was the Dark Empire comic, which I think was in 91. And because Boba Fett's in that because he tracks down Han and he, ma- he all he says is the Sarlacc found me somewhat undigestible, I believe is the line. Yeah. So I guess. So, yeah, as far back as 91. So 30 years ago, you know, it's been part of Legends that F- Boba did not get killed in the Sarlacc. And I just I love the visual of it. Um, like it, it looks I mean, it just looks terrifying. Like it's yeah. gross and pulsating. You can the way the 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 gases are letting off, right? You can tell it's very acidic. Um, yeah. And I'll admit that the this was me being like a fan bro for a couple seconds the first time I watched it. But I was like, "Why is there a stormtrooper in here? There's no stormtroopers here." Um, and then I was listening to um, the What the Force podcast in. Uh, Mary Claire pointed out very intelligently like that the stormtrooper though basically just looks like a skeleton so like he's there in the midst of death um, it's just like okay I now love that <laughs> um, and as far as why is there a stormtrooper I mean there's stormtroopers on Tatooine it could have fallen in or it could have been somebody wearing stormtrooper armor like Jabba's minions repurpose stuff all the time well here's the thing is that stormtrooper the armor is eaten away at like yeah. there is it's def it's been there for a while. And mm. we know that the, you know, the legend is, is that the Sarlacc digests you slowly and painfully for over a thousand years, whether or not it's actually a thousand is up for debate because nobody has actually stayed in a stomach long enough and been able to communicate if that's true or not. Um, <laughs> but if it is a slow digester, that means that in order for, the wear and tear on the stormtrooper armor to have gotten to that point, 
it probably would have been there for a couple of years. So that could have been a stormtrooper that had landed when, you know, during the A New Hope time frame, when they were yeah. on the hunt for R2 and 3PO. Yep. And they were out in the desert, and one of them got too close to this weird thing in the sand, and oops, gulp, yep. you know. So yeah, absolutely, that's that was my mental explanation in case yeah. anybody else needed one. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I mean, I love the shot of him, you know, then climbing out. You know, you see the gauntleted hand um, for anybody who listens to this that also enjoys Parks and Rec. Uh, great, great sitcom. Um, Patton, Patton Oswalt is a guest on one of the episodes where he he literally narrates what they eventually created, which is. Boba Fett, his gauntlet emerges from the mighty beast <laughs> and something. Um, but I love him crawling out. I love how he's covered in dirt and mud. The first thing my mind went to was my favorite episode of Mandalorian chapter two after Din fights the Mudhorn and he's just disgusting and covered in with mud and dirt. Um, and so I love that when Boba comes out, he's, he, it, 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 well, it also immediately gave me, uh, uh, the reference to the second chapter of Genesis, how God forms humanity out of the dirt of the earth. Um, it's, I was like, this is a creation story. This is a creation story about a new type of character. Cause again, and this we'll talk more about this. It's yeah, this is, this is a new Boba Fett. He does go through a rebirth. Um, yeah. So he comes out of the dirt, like just the clay of the mud of the dirt sticking to him. And as he's being drawn up, just, the Tuscans, and this is obviously my interpretation, but the Tuscan raiders who find him and capture him are ultimately responsible for breathing new life into him. And that's that's the second story of creation in the book of Genesis. That chapter two is God creates humanity out of the dust of the earth, then breathes the spirit of life into them. And that's what creates humanity. It's we are equal parts of the earth and of of God. Um, so I just I love that that's kind of the visual of the, how this episode opens is he's. He's drawn from the earth and something is going to breathe new life into him. And it's the Tuscan Raiders. Um, so, and I have a lot more to say about them as we continue because I love them in this episode. <laughs> and I, I officially hate Klee Lars. <laughs> so as a result, cause he's a bigot. <laughs> oh, they, they walk They're just vicious, mindless monsters. Yeah. Way to get to know him. Klee. <laughs> yeah. Well, they did kill 30, his wife. Oh. 30 of them went out and if only four came back. So he's, his position is somewhat understandable, I guess, you know, I, I when, guess when you go try to invade someone's home and they fight back. Yeah. I guess they're the problem. <laughs> well, they, I think they captured Shmi first. True. So. Cause that's part of their culture. Boom. That's we'll get in. I'll probably say more about that later. It's, it's super indigenous persons. And I love that. Because it's super brilliant. And, and they did this with Mandalorian too, right? Is they started to humanize the Tuscans. So they're just, you know, they're continuing something that they've already started in Mandalorian. Because one of my favorite things is when in the Marshall episode, chapter nine, when he says to the to the the frightened villagers, to the idea of working with Tuscans, he's like, it's a hard life. They're a hard people. <laughs> like, you just don't understand them. Um, so, but anyway. Uh, yeah. I like Kleeg for what he was to Shmi, but I don't like his close-mindedness. <laughs> Kleeg. <laughs> well, they killed his wife and took his leg. Did they? Did they friend. kill her, or did she just not pass the test? I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> and I, well, something I read a really neat article about how we've now been presented three different types of Tuscan um, 
and and they're basing that based on like their lodging. So like the Tuscans we yeah. see in A New Hope are different from the the band we see in Attack of the Clones, who are also different from the band we see in um, you know, in, in this episode of Boba Fett. So it's just it's cool. Like I, I they're, they're different tribes. You yeah, know, there are different so cool. tribes, different you know uh, ways of doing things. Absolutely, and this seems to be. What are the more reasonable tribes uh, of Tuscans? I don't know if that's the right word to use, but you know, uh, they they're at least open to you know giving Boba a chance to prove himself. Yeah, or at least you know when he decides to do something, open to letting him prove himself. Yeah. So yep. Um, because if he hadn't, who knows what would have happened to him? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, what, so, yeah. something I wanted to mention too, quick from the flashback. Like I said, the you know right we talked about how the first thing we see is Camino, and then we go to Geonosis. Is Boba Fett Batman? Here's and here's here's my question: Why is is he Bruce Wayne? So right, the legend of Batman slash Bruce Wayne is he witnesses the murder of his parents and then makes this you know, makes this promise that I will forever fight crime. Boba sees his father killed, um, probably in his eyes, murdered um, by Mace Windu. And, you know, obviously Clone Wars picks that up. It, you know, he's he's got this vendetta specifically against Mace Windu. Um, but it just it, it, this is just a food for thought question. I don't think there's a hard answer to it. But is that maybe what they're possibly doing with his new character? Because that's if that's the thing that is like anchoring his story is the you know the the trauma he still somewhat carries from witnessing his father's death uh is is he a bruce wayne type character who's going to make a new vow or something you know what i mean i i don't know i don't think we've seen enough to make that accurate decision um, yeah it just it's, it's just so awful. interesting right like that's the f- that's the first and it, and you know i mean that is that is the biggest significant event to happen in Boba's life in the Star Wars timeline. Um, so it makes sense that he would, of course, flash back to that. But um, will they also use that as part of his story? Um, time will tell, like you said. But I just I was like, oh, my God, is he is he Batman? <laughs> so is, is Boba <laughs> Fett the new Batman? You know, just an ordinary man with great gadgets. <laughs> I am the knight. <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> uh and and instead of uh his sidekick robin he's got fennec shand um yeah exactly <laughs> exactly uh but yeah I, um but yeah uh where do we want to go next do we want to talk more about the the tuscan experience or do we want to go into the uh mo- the, the current day situation with uh fennec shand and the Goings on with Mos Espa. Uh, well, the one other thing I wanted to mention then from the the flashback stuff, where, where, like with the first Tuscan stuff. So maybe talk a little bit of Tuscans. Um, sure. I just think so. Again, I I mentioned Chapter Two of Mandalorian, the child. There is no spoken dialogue for I believe almost n- nine or ten minutes into the episode. The same is true here. There is no spoken dialogue. Um, I mean, yes, the the Tuscans do talk um, as they're dragging Boba, but there's no audible dialogue for us to understand until the very first line from the episode. And the very first thing Boba Fett says after coming out of the Sarlacc pit is, 
do you want me to cut your bonds? When he turns to the Rodian that's captured alongside him, who's, by the way, played by Sam Witwer, um, which I just think is really neat. Um, Oyster. In the costume. It's Sam Witwer. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, pretty cool. Um, and, uh, yeah. That's just assless. I, I missed that. Yeah. There's somebody else. Oh, well. I'll take a look. But but yeah, I just like, again, another reminder that this is a new type of Boba Fett. I mean, the first thing he says is, can I, do you want me to cut your bonds? Like, he doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to offer this guy freedom, but he does. And, and that's why for me, like, this is why the episode right off the, right, right from the get go really worked for me is because it's the story of a second chance. Um, and for whatever reason, that just seems to be a big theme in two big medias I've liked right now. The, the new Spider-Man, that's a huge theme of the new Spider-Man movie is second chances. Um, and Boba Fett gets a second chance and he's a different person because of it. Uh, so I just, I, I love that. Like, that's the first thing he says is he offers someone else freedom. You know, I mean, he could just cut and run right out, you know, right on his own. But he stops to say, do you want me to cut your bonds? <laughs> so, yeah. I just I think that's just worth noting. I mean, it is interesting, and of course, you know the um, the Rodian decides to not, and that leads to a confrontation uh, with Boba and a warrior of the tribe. Mm-hmm. Probably the lead was, warrior, from the way they yeah. just seem to be implying everything. Yeah, and she's tough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> I I was watching the fight the second time, and I was like, she's like real casual about this. Um, at first, like she's super casual uh, about the the fight, and you know, taking him on, and then just lands like a couple of bone jarring blows with that gaffy stick and i'm just like it feels painful just watching yeah yeah it's a it's a pretty brutal fight like i expect you know just the way that the the shots and the sound effects go with that fight like i expect like bones broken and Mm. boba to like be completely incapacitated from the beatdown he gets uh, but apparently they decided not to do that, but it was just like from, from just the, 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 the brutalness of it. Like I was like, he's not getting up like yeah. for a long time, um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was rough. And uh, you know, usually he's the one that's on top of all of that, but yeah, obviously dehydration uh, and partial digestion will <laughs> take a toll on you. Right. So, <laughs> right. And he's fighting with a stick. You know, Um, but yeah, that scene, I just, I love the shot of the Tuscans as they come over the rise too. And they're silhouetted against the blackness of, of the night sky too. It's just, there's also something very scary about them. Like they're a very frightening force. Um, And uh, yeah, like that, like, you know, you're saying it is a very brutal fight. And the thing about Boba, and this is why I think like the, the Tuscan shaman, I don't know if he's a shaman or just like the chief, maybe he's both and um, I, I really want to learn more about that character um, as well. And I think we're going to like that. He, he clearly gets to be part of this tribe, um, which is very clear at the end of the episode, which we'll talk about when we get there. But um, yeah, like 
this is, I think, like, you, you and I have talked about this for years, Jason, about how Boba Fett, for both of us, has never been a character we've particularly, like, I mean, again, when I was a kid, I loved him just because he looked awesome. Um, but, like, as, like, my as I became like an adult star Wars fan, I just kind of was like, yeah, whatever. Like he still looks cool, but like, there's nothing to him. Like he does nothing in the movies, gets taken out into a Sarlacc pit. And then every legend story is essentially the same. He's just a ruthless killer, which is like, okay, like I guess he's a badass, but that's not a compelling character in my opinion. Um, but then like you and I both have talked about, like he just, he kind of gets this reboot in Mandalorian. Um, and it's like, Ooh, I, I, I'm interested now. <laughs> like this is, this is super curious. What's going on. Um, and I think what I really liked about him in this episode, and again, just from the opening shots is this is a guy who doesn't give up. Like that's admirable. Like whether, whether he just becomes like a kind of ruthless crime Lord or not, like I think the, the human part of his story that's already compelling to me is that he's someone who just won't give up. And that's what's evidence even in that fight. Like, yeah, he could he could try to keep running or something, but he stands to fight even though he knows he'll probably get his butt whooped. He, you know, he's not afraid to like make a stand and and keep fighting. And I, again, like I just that's so admirable to me. Yeah, and and it's part of why I think they let him live. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because he stood his ground. Exactly. Uh, to fight. So um, if, if he had just kept running, I think they would have killed him. Yes. Um, I think you're, I think you're a hundred percent right, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to, uh, make just a, a, a quick thing here. The Rodian is voiced oh, by okay. Sam. Weaver. uh, Don Dininger, uh, was the actress inside the costume. Thanks for looking that up. And I'm sorry, Don. Yeah. For not giving yeah. you your proper, uh, proper credit. Yeah. Okay. No worries, but it that is makes cool. sense. I, I, yeah, I, uh, that's cool to know that Sam yeah. was there because uh, I guess you know he's he does a great job with the voice. I, I can't tell that that's Sam Witwer at all. Yeah, uh, he's also you know like besties with um, Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and yeah, so yeah. <laughs> that tracks. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Yeah, no, it was great though. Uh, I was just like, really? Because he's lost weight. If that was Sam, yeah, well, that's, that's what I thought too. Because I was like, oh, he's he's thin thinned down a bit. But I was like, also, he's wearing a huge costume prosthetics. Who knows? Like, it could just, you know. But that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but yeah, then to- then we kind of come back to the present. You know, Boba fades back in, and and like you said, he tells Fennec right out. You know, when he comes out of the 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 back to tub, you know, the dreams are back, and that simple line immediately establishes that there's an intimacy between them. And when I say intimacy, I don't mean something romantic. It could be, I don't know. I, I don't care if it is or it isn't. Um, but there is an intimacy there. He, cause like you, I love the way you put that at the beginning, Jason, that there's this vulnerability to him and he's clearly sharing that with Fennec. Um, and you know, there's something, there's something there. And, and here's, here's kind of what my big thought was as I was watching through this a few times. Um, and curious what you think about this. And again, this was also after rewatching chapter 14, the tragedy when Fennec says, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes fate sets steps in and rescues the wretched. And she's like, for me, that was Boba Fett. And now I'm in his now I'm in his service. To me, you know what that rings true for? It Mm. made me think of a life debt. 
Um, you know, so I, I for one loved kind of the reboot of the Han and Chewie relationship in Solo, right? Like there is no life debt. There's nothing about that expressed in the movie Solo. It's a freely made choice by Chewie. It's not going from slavery to indentured servitude. Like that's not, that's not necessarily a great swap, but it's instead this choice by Chewie that he wants to be with Han. Um, right. but interestingly enough, like I feel like there's they're they're just like these life debt vibes that come off of Fennec for Boba, which I just think would be super interesting considering for so many years in the legends canon, Boba and Han Solo, right? They're the rivals. They're, they're each other's foils in a sense. And now in this new series, Boba's got his own Chewie in a sense, you know, Fennec is his, it's his wing person. And, you know, perhaps she has, sworn a life debt to him because it's like why would she throw in with just a bounty hunter like she doesn't seem to be that type of character and again i'm pretty sure we're going to get more of that um as the series progresses but Mm -hmm. i just thought it'd be fascinating like what if what if she has a life debt to him um what if the first canonized life debt we see on screen is fennec to boba um i don't know just a thought it is a thought, um, and and I think there's something to that, uh, whether or not it's something official or she's just devoted herself to him because he saved her life mm-hmm. to be seen. Um, but it is it is a very strong bond that seems a little, I won't say out of place, but it is a little unusual mm. for the type of people that they are absolutely you know they're they're both very independent skilled uh you know in their craft whether it be assassin or bounty hunter uh they've been on their own for so very long and then now they are here together uh in a way that's very interesting and unique uh, well, maybe not unique, but, you know, very interesting and very unusual for them. Uh, obviously, Boba is suffering from something yeah. uh, that he has to have the Ultus back to treatment for. Fennec is held together by the machinery and the mm-hmm. the medical treatment that Boba gave. So, um, great point. They are linked yeah. now. It just, I'm not. They're two very, they're two physically broken characters. Yeah. 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 I'm just not sure like why, yeah, why they are linked that strongly. Yeah. Uh, Because she's loyal to Boba, like 100% loyal to Boba right now. She's trying to help protect him. She's trying to help teach him the ways of, of how to run his, his new fiefdom, uh, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Uh, she is incredibly loyal to Boba Fett, which is strange for a master assassin yeah. to be who, who kills people for hire, you know? So either he's paying her retainer and she's loyal to that, or there's something else going on. Yeah. And I'm inclined to think it's the latter. Yeah. I, I definitely think so too. And, um, well, and it's something else that I, I, I get such a chuckle, and this is the clip I played at the top of the episode, is when they're, you know, holding court and, uh, you know, the, the oh my gosh, I'm embarrassed. Aqualish. Aqualish, thank you, comes in. And then they're just like, 
don't know. It's like they're like this newlywed couple trying to set up their new throne room, <laughs> set up their new, yeah. their new living room. What do we need next? Oh, well, we probably need a couch over there. Well, we have a lot of visitors who don't speak basic, so we should probably get a translator droid. Um, you know, so it's like, it's like they're trying to set up their new home together. You know, and I think that's, a, again, like I, I am not beholden in either way to what type of relationship they have. I just love that they have it. I love that they have each other. I love, I love stories like that in Star Wars. I love characters that have, incredibly deep connections with another character, whether it's a Han and Chewie thing, a Chirrut and Bays, a Han and Leia. It doesn't matter to me. I just love strong connections. Um, and, uh, but like, I love that little, like it's, it's very silly. Like when they're like kind of, yeah. and even the music is that's playing in the background is very silly. It's like, this is a kind of a comical moment as these two characters are trying to figure out how to set up their first home together. So, you know, right. Right. It's like catching any of that. Something about, <laughs> friendship yeah. we really need a translator droid yeah it's great and then of course the trend ocean comes in and i love the line you know even when a trend ocean is wishing you well it still sounds like a threat <laughs> yeah. uh, because it does yep May you relieve mos espa and it's like <laughs> There are five different ways that could be taken, yep. and I think you mean all of them. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, um, one last thing. I, this is jumping ahead a tiny bit, but I just want to share it now because we're talking about the Fennec Boba stuff. The other thing that I love is they've clearly had a little bit of experience fighting together. I love because when they're surrounded in the town, the town square there. He, he yells something to her and she jumps off of his thigh to do like a roundhouse kick. Now, granted, it doesn't break through the shields, but they've clearly done that move before. And it mainly made me think of, you know, Ray's thigh grab in Last Jedi's throne room, right? Like people love to point out Ray's thigh grab of, of Kylo. Um, this is it's not the same, but it's just still similar. Like they they obviously have some dynamism in their physical chemistry where. He can shout a command to her and she knows like that, that means something I, I don't, that God, that made it sound like she was his dog. And I don't mean it like that. Um, but like, you know, he, he, they've done this before and she just, it's really cool. Cause she jumps up onto his thigh. I mean, it's very quick, but she jumps up onto his thigh and like jumps off to do a, a, like a roundhouse kick. It's just so cool. Like these are people that even know their physical strengths and weaknesses probably. So it's, it's cool. Yeah, yeah no, it's great. Um, we could probably just sort of quickly go through all of the Moss Espa stuff. Um, sure. Before we get back into the deeper yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it is interesting because obviously we get the, the major domo for the mayor of Moss Espa, who we don't know who that is yet. Um, and the mayor doesn't like the fact that Boba is trying to take over um, from Jabba and then Bib Fortuna. So he seems like he's trying to make a play for the power mm -hmm. vacuum and demands tribute. Mm -hmm. And then when Boba and uh, Fennec go into Mos Espa to visit the um, sanctuary. Yeah. The sanctuary, which great place. Fantastic. Um, and something I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of, uh, we get guards, assassin guards that try and take him down, which we can assume are from the mayor. Um, they don't say that in the episode yet, but we can probably assume they're from the mayor. Um, yeah. And then I, I will say I did like the, 
the rooftop parkour chase. Yeah, um, super fun. So, uh, and then uh, yeah. <laughs> I like when they were all the the guards were were running away, and Boba just like obliterates one with the <laughs> his, his rocket. His rocket. Yeah. Um, and then he tells Fennec that he needs one of them alive. Fennec. Uh, alive. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I like how she she makes the decision. She's like, she's got the two of them at, you know, baton point or whatever the heck that is. And, you know, just like, eh, I don't need, I only need one and knocks one off the roof. And then the other guy's like, all right, all right, all right, come, you know, but yeah. it was great. It was a great fight scene. Um, I thought it was really cool. I did like the, the Gamorians in the fight. Yeah. They too. were great. That was fun. They're great. Uh, yeah. Well, the, the chase through the rooftop, a few of the shots, especially the ones that were zoomed out, kind of the wide angle shots, uh, it just it made me think of Clone Wars episodes, like specifically lightsaber lost when Ahsoka is chasing the, the lightsaber thief through the skyline of Coruscant. But we've seen yeah. things like that all throughout Clone Wars, even in Rebels, like it, you know, because I saw some people are like, what's with the parkour Star Wars? And it's like, we've seen this before. It's just never been in live action. Um you know, and I thought it were, I thought it translated perfectly. It was awesome. I I loved it. Yeah. And I mean, people have been playing it too in, in the video games. Like, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> oh, what was the last Jedi Fallen Order? Video? Well, in order, that's the one. Thank you. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I, I think it's, I think it was cool. Yeah, um, super, there's super always doing too. something new with the fight scenes in Star Wars. So yeah. why not add parkour? We did get, uh, a, we got a Wilhelm scream in the fight too. When Fennec uses the the weapon to throw the guy over her shoulder onto another guy's oh, shield, there's a Wilhelm scream, which is just classic. It's like that's great. <laughs> yes, yes, we did. Oh, that's fantastic. So, and then we we leave it uh, the modern day with Fennec, you know, capturing one of the assassins, and the Gamorreans taking Boba back to the palace to put him in the the back to chamber. Um, and that's where we leave the modern day. And Boba's not looking good. No. So, well, <laughs> another thing I would just want, I I want to mention about the modern day stuff is you know when he's walking initially through the streets of Mos Espa on the way to the sanctuary, and Fennec's trying to say like you should have these Gamorreans carry you something like make a show of this. Yeah. And he, no, like I can walk on my own two feet. He tells that to the woman who runs the sanctuary. I forget that character's name. Um, One sec, I will have it cool well as you look uh but you know she's like oh i didn't see your you know your litter i walk on my own two feet you know like and that's when when they leave when he makes you know the line we've been hearing in the trailers for a while is jabba ruled with fear i intend to rule with respect um you know it's it's just another reminder that boba is coming into a world that he's existed his whole life but he's going to change things up because he's different so he's coming in as a new type of person so he's going to change the rules a bit uh he's a new type of he's a new type of daimyo he's a new type of crime lord um he wants to redefine the role which i just think is super smart yeah uh garza flip is the owner of the sanctuary very cool great jennifer something i can't remember the actress's name um, but she's she's big from she was in Flashdance, I think, um, from the 80s. I think that's the 80s. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, Jennifer Beals. Jennifer Beals. Yeah. yeah. So um, so um, but yeah, and and I, I liked the uh, 
I, I I'm gonna call them brother and sister. They may not be, but the the Twi'leks that mm. you know, yeah, she's got Clean the helmets shine their helmets. Mine shinier than yours. No. Um, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so it was a cool place. I'm looking forward to going back and seeing how she winds up. You know, coming oh, into yeah. all of this. Absolutely. Um, I, yeah. Um, well, and right, like they walk in and there's the Cantina Pan song playing. I mean, it's the same song from A New Hope, except just jazzier, which is so cool. It's like a remix. It's yeah. Max Rico and Figure and Dan doing a remix of it. Yeah. Essentially. I, and Max looks old. Which he should. He, he yeah. survived the explosion of the sail barge. <laughs> and That's I was true. I, 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 I always remember that story point from his tale in the Tales of Jabba's Palace book from 1996. Um, I think it was 96. Uh, but yeah, like when the sail barge explodes, he jumps out and lands in a big dune of sand. Um, so he does survive. So it was cool to see him back. Um, one quick point I want to make, though, about the Gamorreans. When the Gamorreans are brought in, 8D8, who is the torture droid from Return of the Jedi, yes. says their tortured screams will bring honor to you, Lord Fett. He's like, I don't torture. Um, and then, you know, he kind of asks for their allegiance and they give it to him. Again, I just I want to point that out because Boba Fett was someone who got a second chance and he's out there dealing out second chances. He gives it to these Gamorreans. He gave that's I mean, I think that's part of the reason he when he finds Fennec, I doubt he was looking for her. But when he comes across her in the desert, he paid forward the experience he had with the Tuscans. He he rescues her. Right. He gives her a second chance. Um, and I'm just I'm just so here for that theme of of Boba got a second chance, so he's going to help others have a second chance. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's a limit to that. I don't think he's going to want to help every single person. That's not what I'm implying. But there are going to be certain people that like, right, these Gamorians, you know, and even even Fennec says, like, that's not a good idea. But he's confident in the decision. And they come in handy. Hell, yeah, they do. <laughs> Without you them, know. they would have been screwed there. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, it's the loyalty that he uh, acknowledged and and saw and took advantage, not took advantage of, but, it, you know, called to. Um, and they they gave that loyalty to him. So I, I something tells me he's not going to be giving the mayor a second chance. Um, no, that that son of a gun's probably going to meet his blaster. You're right. <laughs> right. Or flamethrower, or many of the other gadgets he's got. Yeah, ankle um, missile or something, or yeah. knee knee missile, knee rocket. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, let's go back to yeah. the Tuscan. Yes, please. I love the Tuscans. <laughs> so uh, obviously, we get the next you know scene where it's th- this boy that I'm assuming is a boy because he sounds like he's going through puberty. Um, mm-hmm. So. That's why I assumed he was a Tuscan boy. Um, but I, he's definitely he, a youngling. <laughs> yeah, he's a youngling. It's a youngling. Um, but he's assigned to take Boba and the Rodian uh, out to go get these water pods, um, whatever they're called. Um, and I, I just find it amusing that it's just a boy and his dog and Boba could take them. He really could, but oh, he's yeah. like, I, I'm not gonna do this. I'm just, we'll go along. Um, and they have to dig for water, and 
it it's it's almost like they're trying to see if it will humiliate him. Oh yeah. Uh but he just kind of puts up with it. So yeah. I think it's interesting because in a lot of ways, yeah, he lets himself be humbled in a way mm-hmm. that I doubt Boba would have n- ever done prior to the Sarlacc pit. Um, you know, even when it, when the youngling goes to smack him again there, when he finally finds the rock containing water, um, which again, a very biblical theme finding, uh, I mean, that's, that's literally right out of the book of Exodus when the people are wandering through the desert after escaping Egypt and they're complaining about how thirsty they are. Moses uses his, his staff to strike a rock and water comes out of it. Um, so like even in, even in a space that seems lifeless, there's always life hidden beneath the, beneath the sands, if you will. Um, so when Boba finds it and he starts taking a drink and then the kid goes to hit him and he just catches it easy youngling, but then he does, yeah. he gives it to him and asks for water and he just pours it out um, to the massive, right? That's what those are. Yeah. Which is massive. just so cool to have those back. Um, yeah. And, uh, and yes, I know they were in Mandalorian as well, but it's just, I just love seeing them. Um, and, uh, you know, like, yeah, he does. He just basically humbles himself there, uh, which is very interesting. And then, you know, there's the creature fight. You know, this is him slaying the monster. Again, this is Din against the Mudhorn, if you will. Uh, it's Luke against the Raincore. I mean, it's all sorts of mythological creature fights. And you're a creature fight guy. What do you think of this thing? It's something new, too. Like, we've never seen this creature before. Yeah, it's new. And I, like, immediately was going online to see, like, what is this? What's the name of the creature? It is still, as far as I can find, not named mm. yet. I'm sure it will uh, be. It, it will be. But, uh, you know, the weird thing is, is I feel like I saw it in some sort of concept art of mm. something somewhere, like years ago. Nothing like goes unused in Star Wars, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, nothing that's been used before, but like some sort of concept art from something star Wars related. And I feel like I saw it years ago and I don't remember where it actually may have been in that, uh, sort of like creature book that they had. Mm-hmm. That was sort of like, um, uh, like a zoological book of all the creatures, um, in the star Wars galaxy. It might've been in there, but it seems vaguely familiar, but I can't place it. That being said, I thought it was really fantastic. Uh, it's sort of like, um, you know, some sort of like a, a centaur lizard thing um, that can walk on two feet or four feet or six feet, depending on what it wants to do. Um, So uh, it, it's freaky as all get out, um, but super cool. Uh, And it, it definitely is, you know, it looks like it would live in the desert sands. So, um, I thought it was pretty cool. I thought the fight was cool. Uh, and the way that Boba was able to, to, to deal with it was great. Uh, I did like it when the Tuscan youngling, uh, was able to like stab its foot mm-hmm. and his stick. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a, a nice moment, you know, showing that while the kid is definitely out of his element here, he's still a Tuscan raider. Yeah. Um, and yeah. can he's got and, that fight, fight in him. Yeah. Exactly. So um and I and I'm really enjoying the way that the Mastiffs they're integrating them into Tuscan society now. Yeah. Um 
at least the tribes that we've seen in Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it, 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 you know, I, I mean, I mentioned this when I did that quick thing last week, but it, this is, this is his creature fight. This is him slaying the dragon, if you will. And, but I think what's super important about it as well is this is the act that gets him in with the tribe. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when he comes back, um, he's, you know, the, the kid is carrying the head, you know, shouting for everybody. Everybody's hooting and hollering. Yippee, you did it. And I love him. Like he's, he's clearly retelling the story, right? He's got the stick out. He's pretending to choke himself with the stick. Like he's reenacting the battle. I'm curious if he is claiming doing it. I don't think he is. I don't, I don't he is, know. He is absolutely saying that he did it. Yeah. Like, and I no. doubt they buy it. Um, some of them are buying it. Yeah. Some of them. His, the, his the young younger friends. ones are buying him. His yeah, friends yeah, yeah, are buying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, but it's just like it's cool. Like again, that's an, a. F- I mean, it it kind of reminded me of three PO's bedtime story in Return of the Jedi. Right? It's it's a myth. It's a myth being told in a myth. You know. So he immediately comes back and it starts to, or the end of Last Jedi. Right? With the ki- the kids playing out the Battle of Crate. Um, you know, it's. It's within this story, something monumental happened and they're immediately retelling it because it's so worth retelling. Yeah. Um, and as Boba's standing there, the, the Tuscan, uh, you know, shaman slash uh, uh, ruler of that tribe comes over and offers him some water. And I think in his eyes, Boba has now become a part of the tribe because he was a protector. You know, he he could have he could have killed that monster, then killed that youngling and taken off like he knew. Yeah. I mean, he told that thing like, I, you know, I can get us to Anchorhead. He told the Rodian. Um, so the fact that he kills it and comes back um, again, I mean, this is like this is such like classic uh, initiation ritual type storytelling. Right. Like the boy goes into the to the jungle to slay a lion or whatever. You know, so many cultures have their own versions of these types of stories. Boba goes into the desert and slays the monster, inadvertently protecting that boy. Um, and the shaman, whether the whether the boy is taking credit or not, the shaman knows the truth and comes over oh. and offers Boba a drink of water. And I just love that because. So, and this is, this was like my big takeaway that I noticed when I watched it again last night was, holy crap, episode one, Stranger in a Strange Land is the book of Genesis in a nutshell. It starts with the creation of humanity and culminates with a covenant. Um, You know, so uh, I guess that's, I guess that is technically the book of Genesis. Um, excuse me, Exodus, but it is, it is the story of the Pentateuch in a nutshell, which is you have this person formed out of the dirt who then creates a covenant with the very beings that breathe him into a new life. Um, that's what the Tusk, again, I, I'm very confident the Tuscans are the ones responsible for giving us a new life in Boba Fett. And when the shaman offers him that cup of water, it's, it's, it's a covenant contract. He's a, you know, he's saying, welcome to the tribe is the, again, that's my interpretation. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um, and it's just so cool. Like it, it's, there's this finality to the, the very, 
the very energies that brought you back to life are now welcoming you into their family. Um, and that's exactly what happens when God makes that covenant with humanity is um, it's all about, you know, we're in this together now. And that's exactly what's happening here is Boba is sealing his fate, his story to that of this Tuscan tribes, and they're welcoming him into that tribe. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm curious to see if this is sort of, if they have sort of like a, um, a, you know, multiple step, you know, proving process. Um, but he is at least, you know, accepted as being, uh, a visitor and, and as someone who is a guest at the very least, he's a guest of the tribe. Now he's no longer a prisoner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm curious to see if they're going to make him go through some sort of like trial because I feel like they will. Like, I just get that feeling that they're going to yeah. make him do some sort of like, um, uh, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, ritual to, to like, prove that they're an adult like that like uh like what kids like teenagers would do to become an adult like I can't initiation ritual kind of yeah kind of an initiation ritual or, or like a um something like that so i'm wondering if they're gonna make him do some sort of initiation ritual i get the feeling that they might yeah um uh just due to the nature the very tribal nature that they are exhibiting um there so i think they will um, which I think is going to be even more interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, they're, they're definitely willing to have him be a guest of the tribe and willing to accept him uh, beyond just their prisoner now. So mm-hmm. one thing that we, we didn't mention, which it was a very brief moment uh, that I think is going to be uh, an important piece going forward is when the kid is taking Boba and the Rodian out into the desert dunes mm. and they see yeah, the, the, the homestead under attack yeah. by some sort of bandits and they're spray painting some sort of symbol on the house. Oh, I, somebody said, cause it's their Orabesh letters. I think it's LL or something. Um, okay. And it stands for a gang we've probably seen. Um, I can't remember a crap. I wish I had that readily available, but yeah, it's something we've seen before. Okay. Um, they're a it gang. looks familiar. Yeah. I didn't know if it was because it might've been on the assassins. Um, I didn't have a chance to go back and look. Uh, I was thinking about it this afternoon. It was like, uh, is it something that like is on the assassins, like a pendant or something mm. that like, maybe it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. for the, uh, uh, the, the mayor. Mm-hmm. Like it's his crest or something, or is it another gang that we've seen? Like when we had all the gangs in uh, the Clone Wars that Darth Maul brought together to fight like Black Sun and the Pikes and all that stuff. There was some other gangs in there and I don't remember if we saw any of that, that symbol in there, but it was definitely something that I think is going to play out um, oh, in yeah. both current, current day. Uh, and I'm curious to see what that will be. Yeah. I so. mean, he, he seems to be bothered by it too, you know, mm. um, which again is shocking to think that Boba Fett would care about this, but he does cause he's different. Um, he's yeah. a rebirthed Boba Fett. Yeah. Uh, well, and something, and this is just kind of like, this is just a speculating question as we think ahead to what 
where the season might go is whatever happens ultimately he doesn't stay a tuscan right like he's obviously going to become part of that tribe to a degree but doesn't stay indefinitely um and again i think we'll figure out why like why why does he allow cobb vanth to stay, stay with his armor for so long um why is why does he ultimately choose then to go track down his armor um and then you know, go after Jabba's crime syndicate. What's motivating all that? And again, I think we'll get it all. But something that I noticed as I, again, when I went back to chapter 14, the tragedy, when Din says, are you a Jedi? I swear my allegiance to no one, he says. So I wonder if he might have a falling out, like the Tuscans want him to buy in indefinitely, right? Like to be a full member or something. And Boba's just like, no, nah, I don't play that game. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Like it just, just something I was thinking about. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, there's a lot of things that could happen and a lot of things that will, because obviously, you know, stuff that has happened off screen, he gets nursed back to health and sort of resurrected in this new persona by the, the Tuscan Raiders. And then whether he's by himself or still with the tribe remains to be seen, but he finds Fennec uh, in the desert and he puts Fennec back together and then uh, that's in season one of The Mandalorian. Then obviously, by the first episode of season two, chapter nine, um, he's there to witness uh, Cobb Vanth handing over the mm. old armor to Din. Um, and then goes off to hunt it down with yeah. Fennec. Yeah. Um, and that's when he finally catches up to Din in chapter 14. So, um, but yeah, it's an interesting question as to why, because he, he's going to have a complete opportunity to just change forever, become part of the, the Tuscan tribe, become a Tuscan Raider and just fade into obscurity. Mm -hmm. But I think perhaps when he catches or you know rescues Fennec, she says something to the effect of, "You do realize everyone thinks you just went out like a punk, you know." She very well could, yeah. And that's when he goes, "All right, I proved him wrong. Maybe it's time for the rise of Boba Fett again." So, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's my suspicion. That's my guess. Yeah. I don't have anything to prove that. Sure. But I, I think that's, that's works. kind of where I'm, I, I, that's kind of where I see that going. Yeah. So we'll see what well, happens. Yeah. The, the, the last thing I want to just point out quickly is again, I just feel like the, the episode is just so brilliantly written. So, you know, we get a flashback, we get a sense of where he is, how he got there. And then when we go into present times, we see him in a fight against some bandits that, again, like you would think Boba Fett would have no trouble taking these guys out. But instead, he gets beat up, has to get dragged by to the back to tank by Gamorreans. And then we get the final flashback, which is where the episode ends, of him slaying the monster in the desert and becoming part of the tribe. He finds his place there. And I think that's kind of what the first episode is, is that first scene of them holding court, like they're kind of a hot mess, him and Fennec, right? They're very new to this. And I just love the brilliance of, it's a reminder. I feel like 
that that flashback Boba's having is actually not a nightmare, but a dream that shows him, reminds him, hey, you've been out of your depth before and and you, you did great. You're going to be fine here. So like, I just I love that. That's the brilliance of the episode, that it's it's the character coming back to life. He goes through some trials. He succeeds in those trials. And now fast forward to present day. He's in a troubling situation. He seems to be out of his depth, just like he seemed to be, you know, a stranger in a strange land, I think is it works for both the flashbacks of him being brought into the Tuscans, but it's also the present. He is a stranger in a strange land. He doesn't know exactly what it means to be a crime Lord, but that's why like the episode ends with, Hey, you got this Boba, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah, no, that's very true. So that was one I was going to save that for my closing. Uh, thoughts, so I'll just do that now, um, is that the title definitely fits for both. And it, it's a very deliberate title uh, in that sense because it is, it's echoing the past and the present uh, at the same time, which is, you know, good storytelling. Yeah. Um, overall, uh, are you ready to just to wrap up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, overall, I'm going to say a uh, good episode. Um, very, some very cool and interesting uh, things that they're starting to pick at. Uh, I'm just waiting to see how it all pays off. So um, I'm excited to see episode two. And I think I'm enjoying the episode even more after our discussion uh, than <laughs> when I started. So um, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what, uh, where this story goes from here. I still think I like Mandalorian better than I like Book of Boba Fett at this point. Well, um, one episode. Hard to say that. Yeah. <laughs> was, yeah. Uh, but just comparing first episode. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to say I like Mandalorian. I liked Mandalorian more than I like Boba Fett. Uh, but that's not to say this isn't good because it sure. is. So. so I'm I'm going to be super bold and actually say I liked this first episode more than both the first episode of season one and season two of Mandalorian. Like I don't I wouldn't rank this above some of my favorite Mandalorian episodes for sure, but I definitely like it more than the first Mandalorian episode and the first and chapter nine the Marshall. Like for me, this worked way better. Um, and that's not to belittle those because those episodes are awesome. But that's how much I liked this episode. I'm more intrigued by this than I was with either one of those Mandalorian episodes. Well, maybe not the first one, just because it was like it was totally new. But I do like this episode more. Um, that's totally fair. Yeah. Um, and by the time everybody hears this, uh, episode two will be out. So yeah, absolutely, be sure to watch it. You yeah. know, because yeah, sure we will. will. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, you know, Jason, I think the thing that I, for whatever reason because of just like these strong, like mythological and biblical ties that I was so quick to pick up on. And and I I love that sort of stuff and the fun of the episode in a lot of ways. I mean, this whole week I've been like pulling out old, like star Wars toys and like getting just silly with them. And I haven't been this, like I haven't had this much fun with star Wars in a long time. So I just I feel like that kid again in their sandbox. And that's what this episode felt like. And, and that's what John Favreau has been able to do now for a couple of years is he's a huge Star Wars fan who gets to play with all these Star Wars toys in a sandbox. And he's got somebody like Dave Filoni in his quarter helping to guide the story like um, it's pretty awesome. And like that was that was the vibe that I took from that episode. Um, and like 
the one thing that does like it just makes me sad and this isn't just for this thing it's so many new star wars projects is the amount of people that love to get hung up on the dumb stuff you know like oh that fight in the streets was so stupid or so poorly choreographed like the whole episode sucked or like just like all these stupid little nitpicks it's like man i'm just glad i'm not that kind of fan where like all i can do is focus on the things i don't like like there were things in the episode I actually I can't really think of anything in this episode I didn't like, but at the same time, like I just there's so many things that I loved and it's like that's just where I'm going to focus because it's there's a lot of really good stuff here. And that's not to say like you've got to love it. Like everybody's got their their flavors of Star Wars. And if this wasn't yours, cool. But man, I it, this is just I, I don't want to close with this. So we'll say something upbeat, but it just, it just becomes increasingly annoying when I just see it. It seems like every star Wars YouTube channel, except for like star Wars explained. Cause those folks are amazing, but so many of the others, all they want to do is just like hate on star Wars. It's just like, can you just get off the internet? <laughs> like you're not a star Wars fan. <laughs> so I, I have stayed away from star Wars YouTube for ever because of that reason is that and that they've been like that forever like a lot of the channels not, out there it's that it's not are, just that, star wars like there's marvel ones like that too like oh yeah. yeah i don't know what it is about youtube but you know for whatever reason most of the stuff out there that's popular anyways yeah uh is just there to nitpick yep. about nitpick and fuss about the new content whatever yeah. it is whether it's marvel or star wars or whatever um but like, good gracious! Yeah, let's have some fun, people. Yeah, and if you're not having fun with it anymore, fine, move on. That's fine. We're having fun. Oh yeah, I'm having a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, Jason, I actually am. I'm just about done. I'm making a tiny little Boba. F- well, I'm calling it the Fett display in my Star Wars room, and I never thought I'd do this, but ooh, I'm very pleased with it. I, there's one last little item coming. I should have it later this week. Uh, so I'll I'll, I'll share the picture when it's all done. Um, I mean, it's small. It's nothing like grandiose. I don't have those skills, but I, again, like I just never expected that. Like I would have that much energy. Like, oh my gosh, like Boba Fett, cool. This is great. <laughs> so yeah, no, you know, you and I have both, like you said earlier, have both been uh, very nonplussed about uh, Boba Fett and the fact that, and we've both been very honest about the fact that we think he's overrated. Even you know, even though you thought he was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, we've both been very upfront about the fact that we've considered him overrated, but the new rebirth of Boba Fett in the new canon here has me more interested in the character than I've ever been in my life. Same here. That has to say something. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. They planted the seed in Mandalorian, and now we get to watch that seed grow into a beautiful Beskar tree. <laughs> 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 I would say some Tatooine scrub brush, maybe. There we go. Um, that, yep, that'll work. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, or we'll workshop it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, anything else we want to cover before we close up this episode? No. Well, I mean, I guess just a, a piece of housekeeping, if you will, uh, with the start of a new year. Um, Jason, you're, you're starting a whole new job this week, which is awesome. Super happy for you. Yeah. But it's also a lot of new responsibilities. And so we've decided just for now to go back to an every other week um, uh, schedule for for the next little while. Um, 
for those of you who listen regularly, you probably saw that Katie Horn and I have started a new little Marvel show called Marvelous Musings. Um, that's going to become a new monthly thing. So that uh, it has its own feed, but I'll probably still release the next episode in Wampusler feed as well, just to grab folks' attention if you're interested in that. Um, but yeah, so like there'll still be regular content. Uh, the main show, though, is going to go to every other week. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm just starting a new job as of the day of this recording. I started it yesterday. Uh, and then what comes with that new job is the fact that I'm going to have to be moving in the next month or two um, to a new city. So new job, new responsibilities, moving, all of that stuff. Once I get settled in a new place, we'll reevaluate, we'll see how things are and we might go back to weekly after that, but we'll keep you updated. And I'm sure I want to keep you guys updated on, on all that stuff, especially since I will have the ability to decorate my new place however I want, which means Star Wars everywhere. Um, <laughs> Excellent. So, <laughs> Excellent. so uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll keep you updated on all of those adventures as they come up. But uh, I, I've just got a lot going on in my place at plate and Carl's starting the new podcast with Katie so we don't want to over, you know, fill up all of our times with all this stuff and make this podcast stressful. So we're going to go to every other week for now. Um, and we'll reevaluate after, after things calm down just a little bit. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So hopefully you'll continue to, to come and listen um, every other week. And like I said, there'll start, there'll always be some level of content available to you. Not like there's yeah. not a million other great episode podcasts to listen to, um, which actually real quick, I want to plug this because uh, last week I was fortunate to be on Outer Rims pod. Uh, Andrew's the the host and creator over there. Just so much fun uh, getting to be on his show. And I also haven't been a guest on anybody's podcast in a long time. So it was just super cool that he asked me. Um, this is also a plug. If any of you are listening to have a Star Wars show and you want to ask me, I, it's it's cool like getting to be a guest because it's just, I don't know, just different flavor. Um, but yeah, he, so his, his, his show is awesome. Outer Rims Reads is a, a show dedicated to new canon Star Wars books and they go through it chapter by chapter. It's kind of like a chapter by chapter breakdown. So I got to be on to break down two of the chapters. He's doing Light of the Jedi right now, the first High Republic book. So I got to be on to discuss a couple chapters with him last week. So if you've never, if you're, if you're a fan of the new Star Wars books, um, definitely check out Outer Rims pod. Um, it's, it's a great show. Andrew does a great job. That sounds great. I might have to check it out. Um, it's an interesting format too. I like that. I love it. Yeah, it's uh, awesome. It's so cool. It, it, I said this on on his show the other last week. I was like, you know, they're in, in the sea of ever expanding Star Wars podcasts, where where the majority are what we do, Jason, um, which is just you know a couple friends talking Star Wars, which is awesome. I was like, your format is unique. Nobody else does a chapter by chapter breakdown of Star Wars books. Like that's awesome. Um, so. It's cool to like, it's just something different. And, uh, uh, again, not to, I mean, we're part of the same with a lot of other shows, but to, to have something unique like that, I think is just really cool. So what was, what's funny, Carl, is when we started, we were unique. Um, right. But we are, we are, we are dinosaurs living in the sands of Tatooine now. Left the dead on the sands of Tatooine. (laughs) Right. Exactly. We're, we're that, you know, multi-limbed creature buried in the sand right now. Yeah, um, I hope we're a little nicer, though. Uh, right, you know, <laughs> m- maybe we'll just bring out, you know, burst out with, like, water gourds, water yeah. gourds, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Offering it up. Offering it up. Yep. Yeah. All right. 
I think that's about wraps this up. Carl, if people want to uh, get in touch with us anyway um, that they want, where can they do that? Um, well, we are, of course, on Twitter at Wampaslayer. You can find us on Instagram at The Wampaslayer. You can always email us at wampaslayerpodcast at gmail.com. Indeed. Anything else you want to say before we bid the folks at you? Uh, no. <laughs> nope. All right. Well, in that case, everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This has been episode number 450, Stranger in a Strange Land. For Carl, I'm Jason, and we'll see you next time here in the Wampus Lair. Wampus Lair.